Hello and welcome to the Canadian Wargamer Podcast. Yes, it's the Canadian Wargamer podcast featuring two affable and youngish granddads, Mike and James, talking about primarily miniature wargames and the occasional hex and counter excursion from Mike from our unique perspective in the Great White North. And as the strains of La Foy d'Arabla die away, here are your hosts, Mike and James. Hey folks, welcome to episode 23 of the Canadian Wargamer podcast. This is our special uh, hot lead wrap up. I'm joined as always by my mate, James. James, how are you, buddy? We're all right tonight. All right tonight. And we are joined by a urban panel, some of the finest minds that uh, Southern Ontario and its province of Las Vegas could muster. Uh, so in no particular order, uh, we're joined by uh, one half of the, the brains behind KegsCon, Keith Burnett, master of six millimeter. How are you, Keith? I'm a fantastic guy. And we're also joined by uh, Dan Hutter, the Mongol Mauser, the great Mongol himself. Dan, how are you? Very good, my friend. Uh, living the dream, but waking up screaming. Yeah, we, oh. uh, for those of you who are watching us on YouTube, uh, God help you. Um, Dan's uh, screen is doing weird things and it almost sent us into epileptic seizures. So, yeah, we don't really want to see Dan anyway. And then... <laughs> From the, the distant province of Las Vegas, uh, we're joined by Don Perrin. Don, how are you? I'm doing fine, thanks. Uh, a little earlier in the day for me, so that's that's uh, perfect for me. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we hopefully will be joined by Brian Hall. So uh, anyway, it's a, it's a brilliant panel and full of witty observations. And uh, we're going to start with uh, James, the mastermind of Hot Lead. James, have you had a chance to recover? Yes, I have. Um, it's nice having enough vacation time that I can book both the day before and the day after off again, which is so nice. Um, yes, I've recovered. Elizabeth is doing better. Still got a nasty cough, but you know she's not otherwise sick. So she she was she was very sad that she missed the show this year. Yeah, we all missed her, her smiling face and steely hand administering the masses. Yes, but we, um, yeah, everything's wrapped up. I got the hotel paid and the, the, the um, charity payment sent off already. It's in record time. Normally it's like weeks and months. And Elizabeth is like, will you write those checks so I can close the books? <laughs> it's like, yes, dear, yes, dear. <laughs> I'll get to it. Um, no, it was it was a smashing year. Uh, we had let's hear some statistics. We had I figure like Mark one eyeball estimate and counting tags and things. Um, about almost four hundred people in the room. Wow! At, at, at its peak time, uh, we had about seventy five open participation scenario based games which is fantastic, covering everything. 
We had ancient chariots. We had chariot racing. We had pirate teddy bears. We had um, spaceships in outer space. We had orc buggies crashing into each other. Um, big battles, little skirmishes, six millimeter to 54, actually two millimeter. We had two millimeter up to 54 millimeter. It was amazing. We had everything. Um, I think we had the, the at least Canadian debut, if not North American debut, of strength of strength and honor, and never mind the Bill Hooks and um, uh, Nimitz. So, so there was a Nimitz game that showed up. I think it was just a pickup game because I didn't schedule it. <laughs> it was on Saturday night. It was like, hey, they're playing Nimitz. That's cool. Um, yeah, and then we had the we had seven role playing games, uh, which weren't just Dungeons and Dragons. I was happy. I was happy to see. Uh, there was some Call of Cthulhu. Uh, there was this neat little um, sort of red wall kind of animal, anthropomorphic animals called Mouse Ritter. Um, my daughter made little character figures for for the for the DM, and um, and then we had three tournaments: the DBA and the ADLG tournaments had twelve people each. And we're very hot, hotly fought over. Uh, the bolt action tournament was a bit of a disappointment. He only had eight people, which was sad. Um, some people went to Adepticon who had said they were going to play in his tournament. I don't know. I think if you're planning on going to Adepticon, you know you're going to Adepticon like way before. But that's me. Yeah, so it was a good time. Everybody's excited. We did... $21,000 worth of sales in the bring and buy, generating $2,111 in for the charity, which this year was soldier on because our hot lead, hot lead team member Rico is a big booster for the soldier on charity. And um, well, there we go. I had fun. I had a lot of fun, even though. I spent a lot of time. Actually, probably I had a lot of fun hold, because I was holding down the desk and there was Dawn and and then my my good buddy Chris. We've been friends. Chris and I have been friends since we were like 10. So, you know, um, they just kind of hung out with me at the front desk and we talked. So actually, I didn't see a lot of <laughs> I didn't see as much of the convention as I would have liked. And I got to, but I did get to play one one I got two two technically two games. So, although I only lasted one turn in New York buggy race before I got blown up very comically. Yeah, just for the benefit of any of our listeners who don't know what Soldier On is, I'll just read you a little blurb from their website really quickly. Soldier On is a program of the Canadian Armed Forces which contributes to the recovery of ill and injured uh, members and veterans by providing opportunities and resources through sport, recreational, and creative activities. It's recognized for improving the quality of life of villain injured and highly visible and integral component of the Department of National Defense. Sponsored over 10,000 ill and injured members using sport and physical recreational activities. So yeah, it's an extremely worthwhile um, cause. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a great uh, uh, charity to, to back. Um, let's go uh, maybe talk to some of our game masters uh, for a minute. Um, 
Uh, Dan or Keith, either, either you want to go first with your experiences, what you ran, what you did, what you saw? Sure, I can jump in. Um, so we, uh, well, I came in on uh, the Thursday night because we've started a kind of a, I think this is our second year tradition of a whiskey tasting on the night before hot lead. So we came down, we did that in uh, in one of the rooms. It was uh, fantastic. It was probably about, I don't know, 12 of us there or something. We had some very fine whiskey. Uh, it was a good night, uh, a late night, which made sleeping in on Friday uh, imperative. So that was good. Um, and then Friday night, uh, I mean, I actually played three games this year, only game mastered two. So that was uh, a little different wow. again. Yeah, that was kind of nice. I got to play some games, which is always fun. Uh, so Friday night, I got to play in uh, Chris Noakes' uh, Check Your Six game, uh, a uh, Pacific Theater uh, uh, flying tigers against some bombers coming in to bomb Mingaloon uh, Airfield. That was a fun game. And how did it feel actually getting to play Check Your Six instead of game mastering it all? <laughs> It's great. It's great. Uh, typically, the only time I play Check Your Six is down at Fall In. Uh, and I play uh, quite a few games with the guys down there. And okay. uh, yeah, I'm typically you know, game mastering those games. But I did I did game master one on uh, Saturday night. I did a, uh, a Battle of Britain. Uh, Heinkel's coming over the coast to, to bomb uh, Rochford. Uh, right. And it was a, you know, it was a very good game. We had some, uh, I think, probably was there six, I think. Uh, and four of the six had never played Check Your Six before. So that was good. So we got some more people interested. So yeah, and that, that ran really well. Uh, Saturday morning, I got to play in Chris Robinson's uh, Saturday morning cartoon extravaganza, which was, oh. uh, was quite a lot of fun. Uh, what, I was uh, what cartoon character did you play? I was Thundar the Barbarian. That was good. <laughs> awesome. And I almost took down Skeletor. Almost, but not oh. quite. Then yeah. you ran away. Uh, well, I, I, I charged across this bridge, and I guess on the last step down, I must have tripped and uh, fell on my own sword and killed myself. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, it's well, that's okay. That's the way. It same goes. old, same old. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm sure I was resurrected uh, the, the week later in the in the next Saturday morning because you know we can't have those kids you know, no. just bumped no. over the loss of Thundar. Crying uh, <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, Saturday afternoon, I ran my uh, scale down Leipzig game because uh, I had a little issue with some some of the final Austrians I had ordered from. Uh, over in the UK and uh, with their postal issues, they did not come until the Friday before hot lead. So I did not get a chance to get all those done. So I had to scale it down to titch, uh, but it was still a good game. Four of Austrians in, in, in a week. Come on. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> White spray paint. I, well, exactly. Yeah, you just, yeah, exactly. Right. You just spray white. That's all you need. You're done. <laughs> Swipe a brown for the pack, swipe a black for the Shakos. Yeah. 
Okay, now, Mantua has gotten all over me in past for talking about how easy it is to paint white. So I just want everybody on the record, he's now grossly (laughs) contradicting himself. (laughs) I'm just yanking Keith's chain. His his situation looks very pretty. They're they're pretty simple in six millimeter. You don't have to worry about, you know, a different shade for the cross belts than the uniform and blah, 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 right? Mm Yeah, black gray undercoat and then just block over it's probably all you need right yeah exactly yeah i usually have just black prime and pick out the the highlights with the white that's pretty easy uh but it was a good game uh again we had i had eight players uh and i think two had previously played blucher mike and uh, one other guy mark had played blucher before so again a lot of newbies which was great uh the, the the results were very historical the french held on for a while but you know we're pushed back under weight of numbers so that, that's the way it went um and then sunday what did i play sunday i did play something sunday morning but you know saturday night was a late one too so it was obviously very very memorable mongols and mothers <laughs> I don't you, know. There was something were you, anyway. Were you in the uh, Beaver Dams, eighteen twelve game. No. Were you Mouse checking game. out of your room? There you go. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe I, maybe it was all a dream, and I didn't get out of my room till eleven o'clock. <laughs> that could be too. That could be too. I can just hear our rating. I can just people turning off this podcast at this point. Just you know, <laughs> I can't remember what I played. I, 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 I got to say um, that I, to me, this was, I think, my best hot lead. Um, I think the, the, the number of people on Friday was astounding. Yes. Friday night was jam-packed. Uh, and I think that just set the whole thing off because it, 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 there was such a energy in the room you know and uh i think that just set it off for the for the whole weekend and uh i like i say i, I think this was my most enjoyable hot land I, I really really had a great time this year and i think maybe you know that's also you know post pandemic you know getting back into it after you know there was one last year but it was kind of you know light on attendance due to due to pandemic and so yeah this was uh i i got my mojo back i've been painting like crazy since uh since the end of i have got my austrians finished now yay (laughs) uh and been painting i'm now working on some uh us uh old group six millimeter stuff oh um Finishing up some some Marvel characters, uh, doing some Lord of the Rings characters, wow. making it a brain for an Endor Star Wars game. So this uh, has really got my mojo and energy back. So it was a fantastic, fantastic weekend. Wow, that's great news. Well, yeah, I think a lot of people were. I, I know a few people came up to me and said they had they had stayed away last year because of they're worried, you know, COVID or they had COVID. Um, but yeah, they're just so excited to be back this year. Um, everyone was, everyone was, was here determined to have a good time. I think. Yeah, I I think so. I did see a few people wearing uh, masks and, you know, that's uh, an entirely personal and appropriate choice. If you fear a risk or you just feel, um, that you need to, but I didn't see many. It, it felt pretty normal. 
Um, and yeah, like I, it was the most crowded I'd ever seen. I have to agree. When I walked into the room on Friday night, I was like, wow. The, uh, the bring and buy seemed a little more subdued than normal. There wasn't the six people all crammed deep. It was uh, only three people. Deep. Yeah. 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 But, well, we, but, but although we, they, they did more sales. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like crazy yeah. amounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's fantastic too. That's great. Dan, how about you? What was your experience? You know what? It, it was a great experience. Um, you know, first the mask thing. The, the other thing I noticed with masks, and I mean, I've done this myself. Um, some people came and they said, you know, I got a bit of a cold, so I'm going to wear a mask not to infect a room full of people. So yeah. some, some were wearing it in a sense as a protective way for everybody else. So, I mean, that, that, that was because we've all had the hot leads where we've all gone home in the next week. Everybody's yeah. sick. For sure. <laughs> Everybody's yep. sick. Yep. Uh, but, you know, no, it came on the Friday and um, this was interesting this year, too. We, I got a suite and and my wife, Maureen, came and my daughter, Christine, who works the bring and buy. And she brought her 20 uh, month old daughter, Rayla, along. So we had a sort of a family outing. Mm. Um Rayla seemed to adjust well to the crowd. Actually, I was debating at one point, do I get her like a Godzilla costume and put her on like the monster that ate Stratford and let her stomp <laughs> on a table? Um, that might have been fun to do. On the table. Yeah, just yeah. put her on the table, let her stomp. Uh, you know, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, this year, I only ran two games and I had the chance for the first time in years to play. Oh, what did you play? Friday night, I played in uh, Joe Shake and... Uh, uh, Paul oh, yeah. uh, Pablito Cabana's um, uh, The Men Who Would Be Kings game. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and really enjoyed that. Um, and, and, and it's, uh, you know, the thing is, a lot, lot of people new to the rules. I'm new to the rules. Uh, they play tested a few times. They had a solid scenario. And, and it didn't take me long to break it. Um, it was the Brazilians badly beat the natives this time, uh, as opposed to, I guess, the playtesting. But what was exciting about it is it was their first time running, their longtime red shirts and, and uh, working hot lead. And it was their yeah. first time running a game. They were really excited yeah. about it. Um, and, and what I like about, like a lot of the people that design games, um, it's, it's a personal thing. So Joe's been working in Brazil lately. He's been inspired by the, the flora, the fauna, the history, the art, the architecture. So he decided he's going to found his campaign in Brazil. So lots of creative work, uh, you know, get excited about the period, excited about the terrain of all things, uh, and put on a beautiful game. And it was a lot of fun. Um, so I did that on the Friday night, which is always a, a lot of fun Saturday morning and afternoon. I just spent a lot of time walking around watching, looking, learning. Uh, I always said hot lead's like a family reunion and you spend a lot of time just sort of meeting and greeting people you haven't seen in a long time. So that, that was always pretty exciting. Um, what I like about the vibe of hot lead is, is, and people have already commented this week, I'm getting ready for next year. Like people, like the vast majority of our games are one-off demonstration games where people put a lot of love into it. It's their favorite period. It's their favorite figures, their favorite terrain. They put on a game that they want you to enjoy and they want to invite you to come out and sort of get involved in what they're into. And and you just sort of see that passion. And, and uh, I mean, Keith, you and I have both done a lot of theater, right? I I would say hot lead is a lot like uh, improv comedy. You know, when when you're on stage doing improv, uh, you're always asked to just say yes. Whatever the other person is doing on stage, you just go with it. And And I think what I like is, 
you know, it may not be your period that you got into. It may not have been a game you wanted to get into, but it was all that's left. But people just say, yes, I want to enjoy the game. Um, I have something to learn from the game master or something to learn by the way they built terrain or something about a game mechanic or, hey, that's a really unique way to paint those figures. So it's always a learning and a sharing opportunity uh, be, because we're not really what you consider a competitive convention. Right. We're, we're here to just enjoy the hobby and enjoy each other. It's the camaraderie. The game just happens to be in the way. Uh, so so that's what I like. Um, Friday or Saturday night, I ran my Mongols with Mausers. Um, and, uh, you know, that's 1920s China where you've got reds and white Russians, Mongols, bandits, drug dealers, a myriad of Chinese warlord armies and other scum of the earth. Um, and again, it's, it's my funny hats game. Everybody has to wear a funny hat that maybe represents their character. So it, it lets them get into the mood a bit more. Um, the game itself is fairly simple, but what makes it interesting is the bribe phase, right? Everybody gets a little purse of Chinese coins. Uh, for some people, their victory conditions are how many coins they amass. Other people can use the coins to uh, get a reroll. But after everyone's had a turn sort of, then we have what's called the bribe phase. And you can use the coins to bribe people to do things, which means there's just a ton of backstabbing and a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I, I heard that uh, Silas was quite uh, cutthroat in that game. Silas Silas is, uh, yes, he's, he's deadly. And we have to, well, he's a kid, right? The kids are the deadly ones in that game. So we had nine factions. I put two people on a faction because it's always fun to have somebody with you. Uh, so we had 18 people playing. Um, three were ladies, seven were kids, seven people were new to the game. So it, it was great sort of seeing that, that new vibe. Um, yeah. my, my buddy, Brett, his, his son, uh, Eric and his girlfriend came to, to, uh, play Eric's job, uh, was basically to lie and cheat everybody. And, and, <laughs> and, 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 uh, so the scenario was that, uh, you know, this, this isolated monastery in Mongolia, the rumor has it that the great sword of Genghis Khan was there. And the story is the legend, whoever controls, who has the sword will unite the tribes of Mongolia, drive out the Russians, the Chinese and return to greatness. So everybody's looking for this sword. And uh, Eric's character um, was a Chinese warlord, mercenary. Uh, basically all of his soldiers had, had uh, defected from at least one army. Um, and he made three really good looking swords that might pass as Mongolian swords and, and sold them to three different people. Right? Oh, excellent. And, and then after he sold them, he then followed up by saying, and how much will you pay me to not tell other people you have the sword? So you oh, become ground zero. Nice. Now, the, the point I made at the end of the game uh, to his girlfriend was, you know, I don't know what the fact that he is so good at lying with a straight face would make you as his girlfriend a little nervous, uh, <laughs> but he role played it brilliantly. Um, you know, people had a good time. There's always lots of laughing and giggling and, and backstabbing. And, and, and so it, it's, it's nice pulpy stuff with an historical uh, piece. And then um, Sunday morning, uh, Dave Winter and I did our, our uh, Victorian science fiction game, which has got 20 people playing and it's just mayhem. Um so there's always a different theme of sort of the 1890s uh, madness in Manchester, which apparently we've now given it a port and a coastline, uh, but it doesn't. Right. So we, we just made it up. We've got some very simple rules. We call the one brain cell rule. So anybody can show it with basically anything and learn the rules in a minute and a half and then just let the mayhem continue. So, again, it, it was another another, you know, good time with a lot of people. So, again, it was. A great convention, lots of fun, 
Uh, again, lots of people just saying yes and going with it. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned uh, uh, Silas playing in the game. Um, uh, for those uh, obviously not in the know, uh, Silas is a son of a, of a great friend of ours who came to the convention. His, uh, he's a retiring uh, senior police officer in, in Canada. And uh, uh, he basically uh, allowed Silas to run free reign of the, of the convention. And to me, for, a, for a, a police officer to do that, tells you a lot about the convention and how how safe and and inclusive uh i i think the feeling of that convention is yeah, yeah. Silas, silas sort of became like the hot lead mascot yeah yeah like he yeah. was like whose kid is that he's amazing he's like he's yeah. like full of 12, smile. Well, he's, 12 he's years old and like, holding court he knew his yep. history he, he knew it you know and what what is he 10 12 something i think he's like 12 that. yeah is he well, that old? Oh, okay. I thought he's younger. But yeah, he, uh, yeah. Um, it, having a great time and and yeah, and was. not annoying all the adults, which which sometimes yeah. a twelve year old is definitely capable of doing. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, it was funny. We uh, we, you know, first time he came, everyone was excited that when anybody brings their kids, it's always exciting. I mean, you know, Keith, your your grandsons mm -hmm. were were in the game on uh, on Sunday. It was nice to meet them and play yep. with them, right? Um, yeah. But but we we introduced ourselves to Silas. Look at all the guys here with the red shirts. This is like your uncles, right? We're gonna yeah. look out for you. And and all all weekend long, all you heard was, "Hey, uncle! Hey, uncle Bob! Yeah. Uncle Dan! Uncle Dan!" <laughs> like he was just yeah. in a happy yeah. place, surrounded by people who were just gonna love the kid. Yeah. Um, he was, competition he was to who is the favorite uncle? Yes, who was the favorite yeah. uncle? And the bribe started at that point. Uh, yeah. But, but, you know, again, all of our kids have been down that road, right, where they've shown up and, uh, you know, the, the crew embraced them. And well, and I, love, I, I love the comment when his dad was out sitting with us and, he, you know, Silas goes running by talking, you know, and he says, I, he's making so many friends. Like, I think he started an Ottawa Wargamers Club and I'm not sure if I'm invited or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he, he did. Like, like Perry and Eric and, you know, the the Bytown Barbarian crew, like he hooked right into them. And then, well, yeah. at, at one point he was behind the desk working the bring and buy and he's, the, the, the guy knows how to sell. Hey, who wants to buy some really cool figures over here? Like, yeah. Um, but I mean, again, it, 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 you're right, Don. It's, it's, um, when kids can come and be safe and we had a lot of kids at the convention and yes, they're just bopping around the room, um, having a great time. Everybody's looking out for the kids. Just, Hey, good. Glad you're here. Welcome to the next generation. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that was exciting. Um, I said one other, one other point about the, the Mongols with Mausers game. Um, every year there are comments people make in the course of the game, they get role playing and then, you know, they, they, they get backstabbed and they, they role play some more, but, but one of the greatest comments, there was a, one, one character was in conflict with another and the taunt was tomorrow you will be dead and I will be shopping. <laughs> Just, such disdain for the other player's character. <laughs> uh, but I think that point you made, uh, Dan, that there was a lot of kids and a lot of like young people, you know, in their twenties, thirties who you know, all this, you know, there's been a lot of talk over the past few years about graying of the hobby and, you know, wargaming is going to die because everybody is, you know, 50 or 60 years old and blah, blah, blah. But there was, there was such a, 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 I would say a huge presence of younger people and kids, which was, you know, fantastic. 
really, really yeah. good. Well, and they weren't just attending. They were running games. They were yeah, yeah. They were running the dealer uh, uh, component. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah was, that was going to be my comment about the biggest trend that I observed was the how intergenerational it was, and uh, yeah, I, there were a lot of um, a lot of father son um, teams. You know, I I played um, one game with uh, Joe Saunders and his son Mitch. You know, who uh, announced to his dad he uh, during the, the weekend that he totally wanted to try American Civil War. And, uh, you know, he's, he's the one who got his dad into Napoleonics. So, um, yeah, I just saw, I just saw a lot of stuff like that. It was great. Yeah. And like, oh, go ahead. I I was just gonna say, as, as Dan said, it was me, it was the, the third generation because, you know, 10, 20 years ago, my kids came as kids and now my grandkids, all, all three of them were playing in games this year. So three yeah. of my grands which was fantastic you know so yeah it's 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 great it's absolutely great well and, and i think a, a, most of the game masters have tailored their rules so that people who know nothing about the game or the period can show up learn the game and play and enjoy the game so it, it's it's incredibly welcoming for for newbies i mean uh, a lot of us have gone to new periods because we had the opportunity to just try somebody's game out Mm-hmm. and have a good time and i mean i mean kudos to the most like the, the the game masters we've got because they're there for the gamers they're not there to uh you know be the the competitive guy they're there to um help people explore the hobby and en- enjoy the camaraderie and just enjoy the you know everything we do mm-hmm. yeah I, I think that's right i think the, the the game masters all of the game masters that run games are are super welcoming and you know, are, are there to help the guys play the game, right? I mean, that, that's what it's all about. They're not about, oh, here's my game and it's super fantastic and look at my beautiful painting figures and blah, blah, blah. They're there to have fun with the people playing the game. I think that's what it's all about, you know. Yeah. And, and, and even the tournaments, I found that they're competitive, but the guys aren't competitors. Right. You know, they're competing, but they're there to enjoy the, the games and enjoy the tournament. It's not a, an overdeveloped sense of testosterone like you find in some tournaments. Yeah. Yeah. I took a walk through the uh, the DBA uh, uh, tournament because I have an interest in that game. And um, yeah, it all looked incredibly civil, you know, um, same with the bolt action players, the ADLG players. It all looked very, very friendly, which was good. Yeah, all the, the people running the the three guys organizing them are all good eggs. Um, yeah, you know Howard Howard Tulip, who is running the DBA, he's he's an extremely pleasant. Oh, he's probably one of the nicest guys in in wargaming in Canada, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Thanks yeah, a lot. Well, next to us. This is one of the nicest. <laughs> Definitely nicer than us. Definitely. I, I am the nicest. I just want to put that on. Yeah, you, you, oh, you, okay. you are the nicest. No, best dressed, maybe, but yeah. You, you had mentioned uh, uh, Joe Saunders. Joe Saunders is a uh, a, a, a YouTuber mm-hmm. who uh, does um, miniature landscape hobbies, uh, and he he came to the show. I think this is his second year. Yes, it is. Uh, Put on put on some really nice games uh, with his uh, with pieces of terrain and and figures that he had 
showcased uh creating on his on his channel and i think that's just great uh that uh that he did that he do that and uh and that's and brought his son too so that's yeah. that's great yeah yeah there were a couple of uh um you know i there were a couple of social media people there there was um uh i'm blanking on his name but he runs the 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 lack of foresight channel quite nice yep. Yeah, somebody help me out with his name. I can't remember. Oh, sorry. Yeah, but uh, I had a bit of a chance to chat with him too. And uh, I mean, and Joe Saunders was, yeah, he was telling me um, the other day that, uh, you know, he kind of, he was a bit nervous about going to Hollywood for the first time, but felt very, very welcomed. And we're the, we're the friendly convention. I would it's say really, so. that's, that's so true because I know I go to a lot of conventions around, around North America. And and I find that you know when you walk in uh, to to a new convention, you don't know anybody, mm -hmm. uh, and it, and it can be intimidating. Even just even just going to the dealer area and looking at stuff, there 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 are scads and scads of people that you just don't know. So mm -hmm. a, a welcoming convention is is a really big deal for us that uh, uh, people are having fun and will include you. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, you know what I think helps us just a little bit. Again, it's 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 a lot of things that make a convention work. Um, but you know, we refer to the red shirts. So all the guys who are running hot lead, we have our red hot lead T-shirts on, uh, and that just allows people to readily go, "Hey, I got a question. Who do I ask?" And and they see one of the red shirts as long as it's in the first six minutes of the episode, right? Um, and and they, we can direct you someplace. So, I mean, there's just that piece where you've got sort of uh, ambassadors all over the building. We might be playing. But still, what do you need to know? Yeah, but every one of them would stop and help you. Yeah. 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 Well, and that's that's why they're on the red shirt team. I know um, a, a chap in London with the Hamilton Road Club. He once, a couple of years back, he said, you know, this is less of a convention and more just the annual general meeting of the Southern Ontario Club. And we're all a bunch <laughs> of friends that get together. Yeah, kind of, sort of. Yeah. Now, James, what year was this? Third, twenty-eight, twenty-nine. Well, we have a twenty-fifth just for hot, just for COVID. Right. So, uh, last year was our twenty-sixth hot lead, and then so this is our twenty-seventh. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and so if I have to make one criticism of the convention, it's the red shirts, simply because the quality of the shirts mustn't be that good because every year they seem to shrink a bit more. <laughs> I, I noticed that on mine. Well, you know, I, it doesn't help that oh, whoever brought the donuts to the front desk, like yeah, somebody donated a dozen donuts to the front desk. Yeah, made baked in this in this Mennonite bakery just north of town, um, and the giant tiger on here on street sells them and, and uh, brings us a dozen donuts. I'm like. Wah! It was amazing. I was just I was getting yeah, they, they weren't cheap crabby donuts. They were amazing. Oh no, they're good. I'm pretty sure I ate one of those donuts. Good. <laughs> Save me for one. If any of them went went in the garbage. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things I noticed um this year, uh, just in terms of games that I I, I really like the look of. Um I really noticed uh there were so the kids' games were just fantastic. The uh, the James you mentioned the teddy bear pirate pirate game, the marmalade island game. Yeah, that, that was, was that was just fantastic. It was um, 
was just a lot of fun to watch. I kind of spent about 10 minutes just hanging out there. Um, I thought the the large scale air games looked really, really good. Um, was it Chris Noakes who was running the World War II games with uh, the one about Rommel getting shot down? Maybe I had, I don't have my program. I saved my program, but I misplaced it. I wanted to get all the. No, that was, uh, was, was that Ross Kozar? Yeah, that's right. Ross Kozar. Yeah, Ross ran a bunch of stuff. He was everywhere. But uh, that World War II air game, which I think was 172nd scale, was was a treat to look at. And the, the same hmm? game. World What's War One game. No, there were two. There were there were two large scale games. There was a the World War One game was fantastic. It had a yeah. brilliant looking mat. The yeah. models were were stunning. Yes. But there was also a World War II game that involved, you know, it had like JU 88s and hurricanes and things blowing up and burning and that was 172 scale? I think so. I looked it was it was big, yeah. Yeah. I thought that it might have been one twenty one two hundred, but okay. yeah, I, I thought it was like oh. that blood red skies stuff. No, I thought it was bigger than anyway. It doesn't matter. It looked for the, yeah. the air games look really, really good. Um I had a chance to play in Todd Creasy's uh uh ADLG game and um I've done a little bit of stuff in 15 mil ancients, but uh 28 mil ancients are are just stunning. You know, it was a great looking table and uh yeah. Uh, it was like it was a good illustration of what we've all been talking about, right? Todd went out of his way to introduce people to the game and explain it. And uh, I never played ADLG before, so it was that's one of the reasons I go to Hotlight is to I look for games that I want to I want to try out, like you know rules that I'm interested in, and I always come away learning something. And he uh, drives all the way down from Ottawa, so yeah. I mean that's an, that's an yeah. eight hour drive, seven eight hour drive. Uh, yeah. For yeah. You. You get quite the contingent of, of game masters from Ottawa. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you know, yeah. And they all put on really nice games. Yeah, we need to take yeah. the podcast Ottawa sometime, James. Well, unfortunately, um, Can Games, which I'd really like to go to, is on the Victoria Day weekend, mm -hmm. which is also my wedding anniversary. Boo. So it's an issue. Not going to happen. Another, uh, another yeah. beautiful game was, uh, was Ian Tetlow's Zulu game. Yes, oh, yeah. that that was a gorgeous game. Mm -hmm. yeah, Ian, did Ian doesn't put on a, a lousy game in no. looks or in play ever. Yeah, yeah, they're always yeah. fantastic. Yeah, his his games um, sell out pretty fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, so. he's he's well known. If you want a great game, he's he's the guy to sign up for. Yeah, yeah, and, and beautiful terrain. I mean, he just does a great job, top to bottom. He could he could teach uh, classes on how he did it, and and they'd be highly attended. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and just noticing trends, uh, I I saw a few Lardy games, but not a lot of them. But it was great to see Strength and Honor in the Wild. It, it looks like I'd only seen the pictures of the the two millimeter scale, um, and uh, to see it actually laid on a table was very impressive. Yes. Oh, Chris, yeah, Chris did a fantastic job yeah. on those. Two mil guys, yeah. yeah like I was talking about Todd's twenty-eight mil ancients game, and that's that's fun to look at the like you know when you get a stand of twelve hoplites, it's visually impressive. That when you're looking at a block that represents a legion, that seeing a strength and honor game makes you appreciate the size of what an ancient battle could be. So that was really and, and, and despite it the scale, there's a lot of detail. Unlike just I don't know, painted white like they're Austrians. <laughs> it's 
so well, and it was like, it, and it was amazing. Like you, know, you, you, like when I when I saw his his um his bases, I, I thought he was get you know he had bought some of the um, resin cast ones that you can get through whatever whoever mm-hmm. it is the war bases, yeah. and then and then it was like I saw he had a little little you know instructional sheet on how he made them mm-hmm. with foam. Yeah, scoring yeah. the craft craft foam and then tearing it into a shape for a warband and little dabbits of paint and it's like oh my god, yeah, said, yeah, yeah was five five bucks and he's got like more than enough for you know ten armies. Yeah, but you, you know James and that might be a, an interesting um, just just observation or suggestion for for some of the game masters. I mean, I, I know we go to places like Fallen, right, Keith? We're always going to these workshops and how do you build this? How do you paint yep. that? Uh, you yep. know, and even even if you know maybe maybe in future, sort of some of the unique things that we do, yeah, bring a little instruction sheet along, just to have it there at the table if somebody wants to know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Every, everybody's got a cell phone now. You just take a picture and you can refer to it later. Yeah, and there's just I mean that's what I love about the convention over the years. The the, the standard uh, of painting and terrain and the game quality gets higher, but there's just lots to learn by looking around. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's I that's I. I'm like constantly circulating around the hall, looking at all these games. I'm, I'm, I'm like a, you know, dog with, you know, chasing squirrels. It's like, oh, oh something new and shiny. Oh, look at that. Oh, that's really cool over there. And it's like, just feel that, you know, it gets a little frenetic. And then they have to go out and sit at the front desk and calm down. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, the, the other thing I wanted to say, my, my vote for, I, personally, for me, the prettiest game there was the, uh, the Siege of Louisburg game. It was, uh, oh, that was, yeah, yeah. I think maybe partly because it was an, an age of reason game, and partly because it was Canadian. But it was it was a stunning looking game. Mm-hmm. And the model of the fort was really well done. But when you had a look at the, the the figures in the little trenches and coming out of the sally ports, they were stunning. Yeah, yeah. That was a if we like when I remember you know years ago we used to do like awards for best game in you know. In a, period or whatever and i'm i'm glad we've kind of stopped doing that because it'd be so hard to choose mm-hmm. oh yeah you know and, and just by choosing one you've snubbed somebody else and, uh, and it's you know because they're they're easily equally of, of, of the same caliber yeah and like back when we did it you know we could get around and look at them all you know um but whereas now like there were games there were games that went on that i didn't even see like I finally got over to the table to look, and oh, they're packing up. <laughs> I was like, "Wow!" Because yeah, like we didn't get there for the for the first four hours of the game because it was so busy. <laughs> oh. Folks, Brian Wallace entered them. Each other in in um, cremation, Nevada. There, so yeah, that looked like a fun game. That was that, that was a way fun game. Yeah, hey, yeah. Brian. Yeah, Brian just said he was got in from rug, a rugby governance meeting. I didn't know rugby was governed. I thought it was just people whacking each other. Oh, Padre, uh, oh, that was fighting words now. That was fighting It's words. not hurling. It's rugby. Yeah. yeah rugby yeah. and governance, I, I thought they were antithesis. So we have laws in rugby. That that tells you everything you need to know. Okay, okay. Um, but you only try. Oi, <laughs> oi. One thing that we did early on in the hot lead history was we decided to um, block the games into what is it three or four hour blocks mm-hmm. 
and yep. the um and and each block there there's a, a friday night a saturday morning afternoon and evening and then a sunday and around at least on on the um on the saturday games there's at least an hour between the the morning and the afternoon and between the afternoon and the evening and that allows players to go have lunch or or grab something to eat but more importantly for us uh, allow them to get to the bring them by or to the uh, the dealers around the hall and it uh it really does organize the uh, the convention so much better than i've seen many i've been involved in a lot of uh, hmgs conventions over the years and they'll allow uh, a game master to start anytime effectively yeah. though on the hour even on the half hour in, in, in some cases uh they can be all over the place hey brian hey hey brian i wasn't right i wasn't trying to shut you up uh, it's all plot i know it is <laughs> and you know don don the other piece with that is is um games masters are very good at setting up and then getting off the table so the next guy can set up well sometimes we, we have had issues yeah um, yeah the thing with what 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 you're describing don is you know then you'd have like a guy oh i'm going to start my game at 10 and then end at you know seven or whatever Right. And, oh, great. So now you've taken this table for an for the entire day. Mm. Right. So now what yeah. do I do? Who right? wants to start another game at seven or, or eight or whatever? And yeah, mm. uh, what it also does is it is it um, it makes the game master coalesce his game into a into a known amount of time. So you're not doing a 14 hour game that starts at, at six in the morning on Saturday and ends you know uh, after dinner got one one uh slot and you can play play that one slot so make it a, a three-hour game and everybody will be happy mm-hmm. yeah it, so, it certainly uh, has an impact on the on the yeah. terrain you choose to put on or or that kind of thing as well right i mean i mean I friday night naval games for me are have become de rigor because setting it up is just throwing out a sheet and, and have at her uh, that's true and then if you build a, a purpose-built table it's all like just two pieces, like the one I just did. It was like a five minute setup and we were good to go. So uh, that's not the way it was when I first started as a game master. I can tell you uh, sometimes it was a scramble to get on and off the table in the hours that we were given. So I, I get a lot of emails leading up to it. It's like, how soon can I get in? Because, oh, God, I need so much time to set up my table. And they're like, OK, well, why is your table so complicated? And but, you know, but there's that. There's that setup. There's that argument between spectacle and and, and yeah, right. Yeah. And, 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 and I made that comment. I mean, those games, the games look way better now than they did when we first started. I mean, yeah, the quality of the terrain is is magnificent. So yeah, we were felt roads and and blobs of metal. Yeah, a lot for, for the first bunch of years for sure. Two trees well, of wood. Yeah, right. yeah, Mike, yeah. Mike, man, Mike Manning with his like I, I always said we want we should have given Mike Manning an award for for showcasing frugality and wargaming. <laughs> frugality. <laughs> because years ago, you know, like he was, you know, he well, he still uses a plastic one seventy two scale figures, and his terrain was very economical, very basic, you know, green scrubby pads stacked up for hills and everything. And now, you know, um, I said, like, 
saw him at a show. I said, wow, your, your train's getting really nice. He says, well, I have all the armies I want. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to branch into any new periods. So now I'm just upgrading everything. Mike's come a long way. And Mike is a great game master too. Like he, he does, he does kind of oddball games. Like if, if you want to go to hot lead and play a Baltic crusades game from the 14th century, Mike's your guy, you know, everybody looks like he does Canadian content too, which I, which I enjoy. Uh, Yeah. War of 1812. He's done, you know, uh, Fenian raids at times in years gone past. And that uh, that French Foreign Legion game that he and Dick were running was looked like a lot of fun too. It was. Oh yes, well I'm sure. Yeah, Dick was Dick was so excited to to get his big Zinderneuf model out and have yeah. all his plastic Bedouins charging it and everything. Just just simple old school blue versus yellow army, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Brian, we were talking earlier before you joined us about trends that we noticed. We talked about um, how uh, there was a really encouraging number of young people. Um, yeah. Uh, did you, we, we talked about how friendly it was and how that it's a great place for participation games. Did you notice any trends yourself this year or anything that kind of stuck in your, your mind? Well, I did have a lot of younger players, especially in my uh, the first game I ran on Saturday morning. I mean, that polyversal game tends, I guess, it tends to draw a younger crowd. But I don't notice any gatekeepers like that. To me, is the big difference. I mean, uh, some of the other cons I've gone to, um, you know, it, it, you feel like if you're not in a certain category, you're not a serious gamer, or you're not, you know, you don't know the game already. You're not really welcome. Um, whereas this one, it's you know it, it, the whole the whole premise that if you want to try something out, you come to Hot Lead, uh, and it, and nobody's going to you know chase you away from the table. I, I I feel I felt that, and I feel it every year. So uh, I think a lot of people are in that boat, and I hear that a lot. Is it, like people say, I just I really want to try these rules, and and you guys are doing it. So let's you know let's go. Um, and that's, I think, probably the the biggest difference. And perhaps that warmness is the thing that makes everybody want to be at that convention as a result. So, well, and, and I think that's it, it's it's the attitude from our our core group that just kind of radiates out. Yeah, I would agree. It's not like I've it's not like I've made an you know like explicit declaration that dickheads aren't welcome. <laughs> well, maybe I have, I don't know. Have I? apparently not <laughs> yeah but, but you know james i think i think the um yeah those kind of gamers quickly figure out that this is not the place for them tone matters right james tone matters <laughs> how you say things not what you say yes so i i'm in i'm in plot well you know and we've got i've got steve on the door as head minion and you know he, he he just gives people that it's either you know cop or paddington bear hard stare you know <laughs> and that just shuts them down you know and he, he can tell people that they're being an idiot so politely which is just amazing yeah. it's nice to have uh you know a community police ex-community policing officer that uh that actually uh, uh likes to play and, and and do our stuff too yeah and that's just to participate. Yeah. 
Um, anybody want to say anything about the the vendors? I know for my part, I I, I really look forward to um, buying stuff from uh, the lady who runs Model Builder Supply. That, that's such a great addition to our to our vendors. The dealers yep. are a curse in that I lose a lot of money going to Hotline because of them. <laughs> I felt they, really they, well. How do they know I want those things? Yeah, <laughs> to bring them. Just I like it. Me. I like it when Crucible Crush comes because most of the time he's got stuff I don't need. Like because because he, <laughs> he's got he's he's twenty eight millimeter. If you're into twenty eight millimeter, you're you're in a lot of trouble with him. Yeah. Uh, whereas I yeah. don't play that scale, so I'm okay there. But you know, sorry, Lee. Um, but yeah. I, I was very fortunate this year to stay away from the vendors and MBS is one of those ones that I hate going to because I always leave. <laughs> I still got a whole cupboard. I have a whole cupboard here full of their stuff that I haven't even done anything with yet. So well, that's a you problem. It's definitely a me problem, but I know where that problem started and I was spending money at her booth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, well I, and it's, and it's interesting because some of the vendors that I maybe have no interest in, and that's not a criticism. Uh, but they keep coming back. So obviously there's a market for them. Yeah. Yes. So it's or, worth or their time. Least, They're getting expo exposure. Or at um, least the convention has met their expectations, whatever those are. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. And that's value added for us as well. And I think I remember at one point with the bring and buy, when that became so popular, you know, so, some of the vendors were kind of grumbling a bit that, you know, for a few hours during Saturday, their sales drop off, but then they realized, as soon as everybody cashes out at five o'clock, they run with their hard-earned cash over to the vendors. Yeah, yeah, and pick up the new stuff that's going to be yeah. in the, the bring them by next year. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. that, that's only if your name's Mike and not Mike Peterson either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Our friend Mike is uh, is rather notorious for that. I did do that one year. I, I cashed out and ran straight over to uh, Cura Creations and paid to have some stuff painted. Like, here's the three hundred dollars I just made. Now paint these. Now make these look pretty. Make yeah. Look pretty. It's all kind yeah. of like potlatch, really, isn't it? We just keep giving our wealth to one another. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, so uh, well the, money, the only money needs to circulate to be to for a healthy economy. That's exactly. correct. Yeah. Right. The only well, reason I bought at uh, a vendor, I picked up um, the uh, the new paints. You know, the the you, 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 they do highlights and speed paints. Oh, yes. I bought a set of speed paints. Uh, and okay. I've been trying those out, and they work actually really nice. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Really it's, nice. It's like, it's like uh, inking and and uh, painting all at the same time. It, it's yeah. I mean, I, I just black prime, and then do a, a a couple shades of gray highlight, and then slap on that speed paint stuff, and it's beautiful. It's like wow, oh, this slap top method. Yeah. Mm. Now I only. The starter packs, so and now I might have to get that. They've got like a four hundred set of different. <laughs> now I might have to go and buy that stupid thing now. Yeah, that's why I enjoy science fiction miniatures because you can pretty much do whatever you want. And right, set up right, and so you learn new stuff. Then you can go back to World War Two or back to American Civil War and go, okay, that's not going to work for this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the technical work is just the color yeah. color choices are exactly. different. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you guys yeah, notice that the Bring and Buy had a higher caliber of stuff in it? I didn't. That was my impression. I, I stayed away. I ran games instead. I didn't. I didn't see anything at the Bring and Buy this year. You were smart. Smarter I didn't spend than me. Money that way. 
whenever I looked at the bring them by, I didn't see any, I didn't see anything I really, I needed. Um, I did give Mike, <laughs> Mike Barrett a hundred bucks. So, um, cause he had a red, you know, Hudson and Allen resin castle pieces for a hundred bucks. I was like, that's sold. Just yeah, before, that before the show even piece. started, I told, I told him that's sold box it up. Um, but well, yeah, what I, I found was uh, the first first few years of the bring them by, I, I kind of saw it as as uh, I've got junk in my basement. I can get rid of some of it. Yeah. Uh, and now it's more like I have quality gaming product or books that I that I can pass on and and uh, and get real money for them, mm-hmm. which yeah. I think that caliber directly translates to why we why we made more money this year. Uh, at the bring and buy when i say we we make the money we we pass it on back to the the people selling but we take a percentage for for the charity that we do uh support yeah yeah and two grand that's nothing to sneeze at for the yeah charity. no it was very well done very well done those guys i i, I did work the that bring and buy one year and and i was like okay that's that's enough of that i'm i'm gonna go back to running games that's easier yeah <laughs> the, um, the guys the one, the one of the guys came up to us at the front desk and said man you guys are great uh, working the front desk we really appreciate it and i said you've got to be kidding me the uh, the amount of work that you guys do at the bring them by it, it's it's like a frenetic feeding frenzy i know and you have to manage it yeah the one time i went wearing the red shirt i tried to help and within about 30 minutes it was like padre just go have fun we've got this <laughs> well, yeah. I love it. And, and you know when you're when you're juggling twenty one thousand dollars in like six hours yeah that's yeah. a lot of responsibility that's a lot of money changing hands sure and that's why i i you know like because they were saying oh we we were a little shorthanded we might need some extra people it's like okay you tell me who you who who you know like i don't want to put somebody in there that's going to just get in the way and 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 cause problems so you tell me you know it's all about chemistry yeah Yeah. and i like i like those guys work their asses off for the bring them by and then it's like you're done man like you know i might need you to help with something else a little bit maybe but no have fun you know (laughs) you you, walter winter's always very good and gives us money you know to to (laughs) buy them a drink um because he enjoys the bring them by so much yeah Yep. Um, that's why, that's that why he's there. That's the only yeah. reason he's there, let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. He, he and, he, and he takes truckloads of stuff out of there. Yeah. And then brings truckloads in the next time. Yeah. 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 He just kind of swaps piles of stuff. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. So it's always like you guys like have a drink, play play a crazy game on on Saturday night and unwind. And yeah, they they definitely earn their red shirts. Well, and you got a new volunteer this year, right? Didn't <clears throat> Yeah, Barnaby. Barnaby stepped in. Yeah. So. Oh, I thought you were talking about Silas. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do have some small, some small red shirts. That, that oh, I was going to say, is there a red shirt that would fit him? Yeah, <laughs> probably. There was a small in there. Gamer size would be like enough to, for him to make a tent out of. <laughs> yeah, yeah gamer petitas. To order new shirts, it's like you know you gotta do like a twenty-five shirt minimum order. It's like, oh my god, I'll take one. <laughs> Honestly, my t-shirt, my red, my highlight t-shirt that I have is probably like maybe the first run of what. Yeah, my, mine yeah. is. It's, it's gonna look a little tatty. Tatted. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah mine's a little tattered. Yeah. yeah. Think you expand to hot lead hoodies. Well, uh, there was discussion of, of using one of these print-on-demand um, like Redbubble, uh, yeah, uh, sites to to build out a a web store to um, you know, and and they'll make it for you on, on the fly in your size and your color. Oh, you just can't get red. Now, now everybody will be wearing a red shirt. Everybody. Well, you can restrict the colors apparently, so you can't get red unless you're a unless you're a certified member with a passcode. That with a passcode. Ooh, and Don, that tattoo. Could, yeah. Don, couldn't you uh, 3D print some uh, shirts? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, are, are, like, it would be more like Lorica segmentata. They'd be articulated. <laughs> <laughs> that I would wear. That I would wear. Red, red Lorica segmentata. That would be pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Right. Hmm. 3D, 3D print me a helmet. <laughs> a crater's helmet. Yeah. You mean a space ball oh. helmet? That would yeah, be that's hilarious. right. Big. Oh yeah, that would, I could see. Oh man, I would die laughing if I saw. Don, that. Don, make make him the uh, hot lead cod piece. Make him wear it. <laughs> there you no, go. No, no. Well, you never you never see him standing up then. <laughs> Ever. Yeah, but but what scale would the cod piece be? Oh, don't, don't, go don't go there. And we got to keep the we got to keep the, the the show both the podcast and hot lead family friendly. Family friendly. <laughs> now you started. Yeah, I've been thinking about getting some uh, uh, podcast T-shirts made, and maybe you know, take oh, can to fire them at the masses. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I have the, the the deep pockets to finance that. So we'll see. Well, I I always have a problem between hot lead and Adepticon. I've I've been involved in both for a, for a very long time, and and unfortunately, both this year and next year, they overlapped. Uh, so normally I would, I would do them back to back. They're one, one week apart many times. Uh, but I had such a great time at this hot lad, which means I didn't go to Adepticon that I actually am going to go next year for only two days of Adepticon, uh, the Wednesday and Thursday, and then fly to Toronto to drive up to Stratford and do hot lad anyways. Oh, Madman, you hmm. madman. Well, oh, good I, for you. Good for I, you. I, I think this is a great podcast because there are four of us here that were in that van driving back from Redcon where Hot Lead was born. Yes. I wasn't in the van, but I was... Uh, uh, oh, you weren't in the van? No, because... Uh, but I but I, uh, I was the guy who, who uh, invented Redcon, and so I was there, and I met oh, you I guys there. there. I came yeah, down yeah, from yeah. Ottawa. Because we were yeah. we were talking about the Chaos uh, combine of corn or whatever the heck we were talking about there, yeah, That's yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I yeah, remember that, I remember that's... hearing after the fact from James that you guys had it's like, well, we love Dreadcon, let's make our own. Yeah, yeah, that was the birth in that yeah, van. And and because all we'd seen before was Migs in its glory days, right? Yeah, yeah. yep. And we're like, oh my god, that's like, how how could we do that? Right, and it's like, oh, we don't have to do that. Right, here's Recon. It was a lot of fun. All you yeah, have to do is be think... bigger, bigger than, um, bigger than council fires. Yeah, I think that first year we had maybe like forty people and twenty-four games. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, and where is it today? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I remember. You know, before the internet, having to, you know, 
phone list and calling game masters oh yeah, yeah. put on a game yeah. calling vendors please come to the show yeah. um and now i don't have to do anything like people are coming to me and it's yeah. like Ooh. well we've yeah. been around long enough that, that we've transitioned from from the concept of putting out flyers in a game store so, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, we 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 came up along with websites that that you know that had never existed before, and and yeah. we were one of the first groups to actually have a website. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and you know, and I, th- I think I think we know our limitations. Yeah. Right. We it's like we, we have, have a nice, fancy website, but it tells you when to show up. Well, sure. Yeah, right? but I mean, even even um, we're not trying to expand to be something bigger or different. We know what we are, we know who we are. We know what the show is we want to put on. So it's not yeah. like, let's get a bigger venue. Let's add this and this and this and this and this you to attract those, that group. You I used to be the guy who was trying to uh, convince James to do that. And James uh, very early on said, why do we have to grow again? What, what, what's the reason? And, and it occurred to me, he's absolutely right. It's like, why not and just improve the quality and and if you've only got space for four hundred people, then then bring in four hundred people. Yeah, done. Yeah. You don't have to get any bigger. We like the There's hotel. Why why leave? Yeah, there isn't a bigger vet. Well, there is a bigger venue. It's right across the street from me, except it's this huge, echoing, um, you know, convention space with hard floors, hard walls, high high ceilings, harsh lighting. There's no bar, no restaurant, no rooms on site. There's lots yeah. of parking. Yeah. In- and I've been in that, I've been in that center for, for a banquet actually. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was okay, but it was nice to leave when it was over. I was only in there for a couple hours. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, to get bigger and have all of the stuff you have now and the venue you have now would mean moving it to another city. Like Vegas. <laughs> or, 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 for example, say London, but then your costs would go through the roof. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, and and then, then we would ask you making your own, making your money back. Yeah. And then, and then hot lead would lose what I like about hot lead because then we would have to get in all the high volume games. We'd have to have a 40K tournament. We'd have to have a big bolt action tournament and the Flames of War tournament and the Magic the Gathering tournament. And we'd have to have all the tournaments. And I don't like tournaments. No, you've made that clear. Again, it's tone. It's about tone. That's right. (laughs) Because it's a different kind of game. You You know, tournaments is where you, you know, like, I mean, fortunately, we don't have those guys don't come to hot lead because we're not a big giant official, you know, qualifier for the world championship um, tournament. You know, like you, you, you win the DBA tournament of hot lead and it's like, yay, I won. You know, like I have the accolades of my 12 friends who play. Yeah, get that nice sword. That yeah. The, nice. Yeah. So Howard, Howard's made that really cool wooden gladius, which I thought was a neat yeah. prize. Yeah. Um, I wonder if they get to take it home with them for the year. Yeah, I don't know. Well, Hot Lead used to give prizes. We do. I have a box of medals that you know need to get engraved so I can give them out for things. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but then, but then, maybe like, in a if, couple of years. Like if we did try to become you know Adepticon North, um, you know at the London Convention Center and charge you know a hundred dollars or whatever to get in the door, I then. 
all the you know all the open participation games, a scenario based game, which I think are great. I think are the heart and soul of the hobby. Um, those would get lost, right? Mm-hmm. Or well, apples or oranges. Or we picked apples, and and we're going to stick to it. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. And there's something to say that somebody listening to this podcast might say, you know, I'm going to, me and my friends are going to do the biggest Canadian thing ever in Toronto or London. And then good luck to them. Feel free. We'll probably all attend. Yeah. I mean, I, I, my sense was that, that hot lead was maxed out this year. Um, partly to, I mean, I, I found it was wonderful to be in the banquet room. It was, I, I, there were a lot of people. It was kind of like I was starting to get a bit overloaded at one point with the, the the noise, but it was it was friendly, and I couldn't get a room, which meant that I had to suffer the unendurable hardship of staying at the Bruce next door. Oh no! Uh, which which oh, my, no. my wife totally liked because she never met a five star hotel she didn't like. So, <laughs> so, you know, so I was I was a hero, and she went shopping, and I walked across to Best Western and had a good time. So, but yeah, it, you couldn't make it any bigger. It was, we were, I think you were at capacity this year for sure. Well, yeah. And, and, and I think with the large ballroom, the thing is you're going to seal your friends over the course of the weekend. Yeah. Right. You, you're going to make all those connections. Um, you know, some of the bigger conventions, I mean, you know, Fallen is awesome, but I mean, even, I mean, when we go Keith and, and, and uh, Ryan, except for the fact that we room together, we never see each other all weekend. That's very true. Right? Not usually because we don't have the same interests. No, but and the place is so big and spread out. Yeah. That um, you know, you just you just don't. Yeah. yeah. The, the, you got to remember the time that you went, it was at Valley Forge. Uh, oh, which is where yeah. That's a that's a bad example. Um yeah. well, I, I've gone twice, so we went once to King of Prussia and once to uh Lancaster. Okay. But but I'm just thinking even even yeah, even at hot lead, we don't play in the same games, but we cross paths all day long. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now there is an opportunity to expand hot lead because those of you that were there Sunday noticed that the wall wasn't up and there yep. wasn't the brunch going on on the other side. Yep. yep. Um, cause, because of staffing. Yeah. So in January going to revisit, like so far I've, I've, Book that side of the hall for Sunday morning, um, and then in January going to revisit with the hotel and and see if yes the brunch is going to go forward and I'm going to lose that booking. But if it if we have it, then there's room to expand you know more on Sunday for stuff. Like um, mm-hmm. maybe you know maybe one of the tournaments um, could go there, right? I'm thinking Sunday is always problematic in that, you know, it's the day you go home. You yeah. Pack up it, it, home. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're not going to have people from Ottawa staying for Sunday. No. Or, or even not, you know, not to play on Sunday. Anyway, they're staying, but they're going home Sunday morning. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah, eating in there. They're, they're hanging out with their, with their friends and then they're doing the last round of their, of their purchases at the dealers. If there are any left. Yeah. And then off they go. It could be because I'm getting older, but uh, I'm out of gas come Sunday. But mind you, we're starting Thursday night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe, we should, maybe that should go away. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think I was the last one to leave hot lead this year. Well, that was oh, only that right? 
Yeah. Well, that's because Tam was out shopping all morning. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, to, I actually had to text her. Are you coming? <laughs> and that's because you couldn't find your car. <laughs> I'm getting scared. <laughs> Don't leave me. Don't leave me. So we're you know kicking around ideas what we could do with with the bigger space at you know Sunday yeah. with, with well, like, the thing, the thing was, maybe do a flea market. The thing I was fascinated about this year was that how many games there actually were on the mm-hmm. on the event list for Sunday. I mean that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still pick games. And, uh, and when I was looking at it, I'm going, holy smoke, look at all these games. And, so, and they were full. There were I, people I, like, so maybe, maybe, maybe that, that's the, you know, you're starting to build some momentum into Sunday. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, because, because, oh, like if I would, if, you know, if I lived, if, if I lived like, you know, within a drive like London or, or Kitchener, I would still come for a full day on Sunday. You know, maybe leave through, you know, mid afternoon or something to go home. But yeah, you could easily build a second time slot in for Sunday and still get people lots of time to get out. Yeah. <clears throat> or perhaps yeah. that staggered time slot. Like uh, I know you were talking about that when I came in. We've had solid time slots and that's a good thing, but maybe a staggered time slot, like mm-hmm. starting times on Sunday, maybe. Yeah. That's, you know, and then because um, then you've got, it's not like you got to worry about somebody needs that table. You know, it's just, you, you, right. if you want, if you don't want to start till 10 o'clock, that's cool. Yeah. Cause always for me, it was always, you know, Sunday, Oh crap. We have to stop the game now. So everybody can go check out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good point. Um, yeah. so it's one of the reasons why I don't do Sunday morning games anymore. And, and, and well, Ross, Cosser, people. yeah, Ross Cosser, he always has a problem that, you know, he wants to get his game going. Yeah. Because you know he he wants to finish the game so that players can go home, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But then he also has problems with players dragging in late because it's Sunday morning. Yeah, and he's rolling kind of slow. Yeah, and you can't be, you can't have a complicated game on Sunday either. It needs to be no. really simple. No. I don't know, James. You run an afternoon game, and and the winner of the game hot lead pays for their hotel. Ah, oh, you see. Sunday <laughs> yeah. afternoon. Oh, the hotel wasn't so expensive. Now that might be might be worthwhile, but yeah. was it, it's not as expensive as the Bruce. I'll tell you that. No. <laughs> uh, I, okay, I sense the collection. I sense the collection plates going around twice this weekend, Bud. Right? Doug sent me a beautiful rich widow. I'm not complaining. Um, here's a thought before we pack up. What about building it out the other way? Like what if you started at third? What if people rolled in Thursday morning and you started again playing Thursday afternoons? Lots of people are taking time off. Mm-hmm. Come to hot lead. What if you started at the first game started um, Thursday at two or something? Thursday night, or yeah. even Friday at two. Yeah. yeah so or, or yeah. So Friday, Friday being a, either a full day or afternoon evening. Yeah. As opposed to just yeah. evening. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to roll in Thursday night if you offer a Friday, a full Friday of gaming. Well, yeah. we already do. So. We already are. Um, <laughs> and, and to a certain degree, you know, there's we're trying, I, at least I am, I'm wasting time uh, on a Friday. Yeah. Uh, although I know, uh, I think, Keith, weren't you labeling stuff on Friday afternoon? 
I was still putting my Austrians together, yes. Uh, <laughs> I just threw them under the bus. I just threw them under the bus. Uh, but I did have everything blocked. The, everything that, was that's true. Listen, we, we for we, me is for going is going across the street from because I stayed at Bentley's uh on the Thursday night and I went across the street to McLeod's and, and bought stuff I really didn't need to buy. So yeah. that's where I spent my money. I didn't spend it at the convention, I spent it in the town of Stratford. Oh. So well, hey, we, we could we could have the uh, Friday morning slot of just painting Keith Austrians. Hey, yeah, I like that. I like that. <laughs> Every here, hey everybody, here's your chance to spend some time with Keith and paint his figures for him. Oh yay! Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's like uh, Tom yeah. Sawyer. That, yeah. That's another. Yeah. That's another way you could go. You could have you could have more classes, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah. workshops we could talk about because um, it would certainly be quieter. Yeah, uh, Hobby Friday. Yeah, yeah. only because there's like only the two breakout rooms in the basement, right? Like I think they could be subdivided into three, maybe four, but still, it would be hard to do. Yeah. So we're sending everybody downstairs, and it's an extra three hundred dollar rental. I would probably, as an old game master, I would say if if I was running a game on Saturday, Friday and Saturday, it would probably be the same game. Because it's it's a question of transport, right? I mean, how much? No, in my case, I have lots unless I'm bringing Keith. But I mean, some guys they're packing their car for one game. Um, right. Yeah. It might be worthwhile just to run the same game more than once. Yeah. Well, well that's not a bad thing. It's just it is it just is what it is. Yeah. yeah I mean, Joe Joe ran his game. I don't know how many times, right? Joe Saunders. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Four. It's true. Yeah, yeah, same table, same game. Yeah. 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 Well, I think this podcast kind of morphed into a planning committee meeting, but maybe <laughs> still listening and has opinions about how we could improve hot light, in which case send them to James Manto, Fox. Sorry. <laughs> and James under the bus. Self-addressed stamp envelope. And don't That's forget great. to send your donations to. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Great. Um well, but no, it it it's it's all just I don't know the excitement still from because it was an exciting show it was it was a vibrant show and just trying to figure yep. out you know how we can how we can try and bottle that lightning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, think, the other way to go would be like those of us who get bigger suites, uh, like for uh, Thursday Friday, could probably host a game in their room. They're huge. <laughs> There are huge rooms, right? So if you don't do anything official, you say, oh, you know what? Uh, I've got, a, uh, I don't know. Oh, that Battle of Britain game. That would be perfect. That would be perfect that, Friday afternoon. That's a great pickup line, Brian. Good for you. That's. Uh... <laughs> hey, you want, you want to come up to my suite and play the Battle of Britain? That's right. <laughs> or Kingmaker. I just got Kingmaker. Kingmaker. Yeah. yeah. The new Kingmaker. The, the Bishop of the Actus. <laughs> okay, well. Well, folks, I think it's probably a good place to stop it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's uh, a good idea. Yeah, thanks all for uh, thanks uh, for joining our special edition podcast. And whoops, whoops, telling us about uh, here was my dog doing things under the table. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure it was. I'm sure it was. Yeah, it's just blame the dog. Blame the dog. Blame the dog. Yeah. So. Uh, thanks very much. And uh, for those of you who missed Hot Lead this year, uh, you missed a great time and um, put it in your planning calendar for next year. James, do we have the dates for next year? 
we do have the dates. Um, well, let me just bring up the Hot Lead website. The Hot Lead website, yes. www.hotlead.ca. There you go. And Hot Lead 2024 is on the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th of March. There you go. At the fabulous Best Western Arden Park in sunny Stratford, Ontario, Canada. Get your rooms early. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And say, and say hot lead because it actually booked a block of rooms. I booked as many as I could, which is only like 60 or something like that. But um, I'm wondering if that's why I couldn't get a Thursday night room because it wasn't part of the hot lead booking. Sorry, what are the dates again, James? Oh, no. 22, 23, and 24 March. Okay, the week before Easter. The week of Adepticon. Week of Adepticon. Oh, is Easter <laughs> March this year? Easter is the 21st. Next year, sorry. Next year, yeah. So. That would be problematic. Yeah. Adepticon, or as we call it, not hot lead. Not yeah, hot, not hot lead. Because <laughs> I think you know, and I and I, I, I agonized over this. Um, you know, oh, because like I'm either trying to dodge Cold Wars or dodge Adept Adepticon, and you know, or Easter, right? That's why that's why nobody does anything in in April because Easter is wandering around in there. Um, but I think Don is the only person who would actually go to Adepticon one weekend and hot lead the next. Yeah. So everybody else. Yeah. Everybody else, they're they're if they're gonna go to Adepticon, they're gonna go to Adepticon. They won't, they've yeah. spent all their money. Um, they now need to spend time with their family or whatever. They're not gonna come to Hot Lead the weekend after or the weekend before. So I just figured out. I'm I'm not going to worry about it anymore. Yeah, it's not really a competition. It's yeah. it's, it's no. not. No, it's two different two different types of uh, very much very much or organization. So that's because Don is living the life that the rest of us only aspire to. <laughs> now, if everybody if they have their way, Cold Wars may disappear. So who knows? Yeah, who knows? All right, thanks, guys. Disappear, so. Thank you, Brian. Right. Thank you, Keith. Thank you, Don. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, James. Thank you. Appreciate Thank you. your invitation. Bye, everyone. Good to see Thanks, you. gentlemen. Take care. Good night to all our listeners and our ships at sea. Right. And the next uh, next edition of the podcast is, well, it's coming out whenever. So hold your horses. I love how you keep to a schedule. Whenever. Schedule? Whenever. whenever. Yes. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.